This is The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger. The Political Insider is your inside source on politics from the White House to the State House and all points in between. If it's in the headlines, The Political Insider will have the story. Let's get started. Here's Bill Ballinger. Hello out there in Radio Land. Uh, hectic week in the Michigan Capitol, lame duck session. We have as a special guest here at the beginning of the show, the Detroit News Capitol Bureau senior correspondent, Jonathan Osting. Jonathan, thanks for coming on the show with us. Hey, Bill. Thank you for having me. Let me ask you, uh, I don't know for instance, how many of these sessions, lame duck, you've covered over time? Maybe not that many. I can tell you going back half a century, I've never seen one like this one um, in terms of the sheer volume of legislation they're handling and uh, whether or not all of it gets passed and goes to the governor for his signature. Um, how do you look at this session yourself and uh, what's likely to happen? I think they're going to come back next week. Can you tell us? Uh, yeah, well, I, I concur. I mean, I think it's definitely been one of the busiest lame ducks uh, that I'm aware of. Of course, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, but, um, you know, I've covered several lame ducks now, but never with a um, transition like we're about to see with Democrats taking over major statewide offices. Uh, you know, there's going to be a huge shakeup in Lansing. So I think it's understandable and, and somewhat expected that this lame duck was going to be uh, busier than we've seen in, in years past when Republicans were, you know, basically returning majorities and, and basically maintaining the status quo. Linduck's always busy because it's an opportunity for, uh, you know, lawmakers to take some votes on the way out <laughs> that they're not going to be necessarily held accountable for by the voters. Uh, but this one is, is certainly unique. Um, you know, we've seen one uh, overnighter so far in this lame duck. That was Wednesday. The state house worked, uh, and me <laughs> worked until, uh, at least 3 a.m. I was still writing stories by 4 a.m. Uh, the Senate went late yesterday until about 9 p.m. Uh, I expect we're going to see some more of that next week. Um, there's still a lot of big bills, uh, hanging out there that have gone through one chamber, but not the other. And uh, I, I imagine we're going to be, uh, you know, reporters like myself are, are going to be struggling to find time to sleep next week. You think it's possible they could extend the session or is it pretty much locked in next week is going to be the last week? I think it's pretty unlikely that they'd extend the session. I mean, obviously, the following week is uh, Christmas week. Uh, you know, I mean, Christmas Eve. Uh, is that Monday, the 24th, so I really do not see uh, anything happening on those first two days anyways. I mean, there's a chance they could come in after Christmas, but uh, it's pretty unlikely. I mean, um, you know, the, the expectation certainly is that they're going to complete it next week. There was talk initially that, you know, maybe they try and uh, stay late on Wednesday and then get out of town and not even come back Thursday. But I think that's off the table. I think the expectation now is they're going to be working Thursday, perhaps into Friday morning, uh, and try and wrap everything up at the end of next week. Yeah, let's get into some of the bills. One of the most controversial is a bill that would uh, expand the legislature's ability to intervene in litigation um, mm -hmm. that ordinarily would be handled by the attorney general. Uh, where is that legislation now, and how likely is it to pass and go to the governor? 
Well, it's on the Senate floor. It's been approved by the House. It's gone through uh, the Senate Government Operations Committee. Uh, it has been modified a little bit, uh, scaled back. Of course, this is you know viewed as one of these big power play bills that would give the legislature, uh, you know, almost equal standing in some respects and their ability to intervene in legal cases as the Attorney General. But it was scaled back to specify that that power would only uh, you know um, be granted uh, automatically granted anyways in cases that specifically uh, deal with laws that the legislature has, you know, approved and, and sent to the governor. So it was scaled back slightly. So I fully expect the Senate's going to take that measure up uh, this week and approve it. It'll get kicked back to the House for concurrence, and I think that'll be on its way to the governor uh, in fairly short order next week. Of course, the big question, uh, and maybe we'll get into this later, is, is whether the governor's going to sign all this stuff. Well, you say all this stuff, but this particular bill, I would actually think he would want to sign it because he just uh, put into place the uh, Line 5 uh, Straits of Mackinac uh, tunnel uh, uh, legislation. He signed it into law, and he wants to preserve that. And already uh, the incoming Attorney General Dana Nessel has indicated she doesn't really think that's a very good idea. (laughs) And so... You would yeah, think the governor sure. would want to have the protection uh, of the legislature controlled by members of his party, the Republicans, for the next two years to be able to intervene if there's uh, a refusal, let's say, by Daniel Nessel. Well, let's sure. put it this way, not a refusal, but let's say she moves against it. Well, two things to consider here. One, uh, the legislature has the power to intervene right now. They can request it. You know, if a judge grants it, they can intervene already. So this, this legislation would just make that power automatic. Secondly, that legislation the governor signs actually already includes language that basically binds Nestle to defend the state or to, uh, out of her office budget, pay for attorneys if she chooses not to. So I, I think Snyder already sort of, uh, you know, tried to, tried to get some guarantees on that front into this legislation. The idea of giving legislature automatic standing in cases is a much bigger issue than any one bill. And I think Snyder, uh, you know, is going to view this through the lens as, as an executive branch, uh, you know, somebody who's been in the executive branch for the last eight years. Uh, and I think he'll probably be wary of changing the power dynamics on his way out the office. That's, that's my guess, but I, I see where you're coming from as well. There's another bill um, that is out there that the governor really wants um, for state landfill uh, tipping fee increase, $4.75 per ton increase. Uh, It looks like that's in trouble or it's not going to make it, but they think they've found another revenue source for that. What's going on there? Yeah, sure. Well, what uh, the state house on Wednesday did approve a shell bill, so it's not a completely dead issue right now. They they passed a bill with no money in it, um, sending it over to the Senate, which means uh, the five day rule won't hold it up. Of course, under the state constitution, a bill has to be in each chamber for five days before it can be acted upon. So um, this it at least keeps that dream alive for Snyder. It was very much a, uh, a goodwill gesture by the House um, to say, you know, we're still willing to, to work with you. Now, that said, the, um, the new idea that's uh, being talked about is, um, uh, you know, as you said, a, a workaround um, using some online sales tax money uh, to put into that. Um, and that sounds like it's a more feasible 
um, solution here that could get done in the next two weeks. Of course, you'll remember there was a major Supreme Court decision uh, not too long ago this year that uh, basically allowed the state greater authority to collect sales tax or require online retailers to collect sales tax, even if they don't have a physical presence in the state. Um, Snyder has talked about using that money for roads and, and other things, but uh, now the, the talk is that they're going to use at least part of it um, to establish a sort of a, a dedicated and consistent revenue stream uh, to pay for environmental cleanup efforts. Previously, that had been paid for through a bond, uh, but Snyder, of course, is no fan of bonding. He, uh, you know, is rather proud that he's actually, you know, significantly reduced state debts uh, over his time in office. And uh, getting a dedicated revenue stream here would, would be uh, a, a big uh, win for him uh, and his agenda here in the final days of Lame Duck. Another issue that's come up that hasn't gotten much attention recently, and that's gambling expansion. Uh, there's some hope that maybe they're going to put something through that would involve fantasy sports gambling, Internet gambling. What's going on there? You know, honestly, uh, Bill, <laughs> that is one area I, I, I don't have a ton uh, of knowledge about. Um, there's a ton of bills floating around. I know that the fantasy bills were, were up in the House, but I'm not sure what the status of those is right now. Apologies. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, I think these bills would uh, allow cell phone, horse track, simulcasting, betting. Uh, they would also allow new charitable gaming uh, regulations. Uh, there would be internet gambling uh and so uh, this is uh, something that is in addition to everything else we've talked about. We'll be back in a minute with Jonathan Osting. More on the Lame Duck Session. You're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger on MTN. Here's Bill. We're back with our special guest, Jonathan Osting, senior capital correspondent for the Detroit News Capital Bureau. Jonathan, um, let me just ask you, uh, all of a sudden, uh, once again, I mean, <laughs> there have been countless uh, conversations about this over the last couple of years, but nothing until like this week, have I seen it again mentioned in lame duck and that is no fault auto insurance rate reform. I mean, do they actually think they still might be able to address this before they get out next week? Or is that a lost cause? Well, in any real comprehensive way, no. I mean, I think that is a lost cause. There is still a Senate approved bill. It was approved, uh, I think earlier this year that would, uh, allow at least seniors to choose different medical coverage. Of course, a lot of seniors already have government medic medical coverage and don't necessarily need that guarantee in the no-fault law. Uh, so that is a bill that's been kicked over to the House. I talked to a, a co-source in the House uh, just uh, on Wednesday, uh, and it, it didn't sound like there was any great appetite to move on that, but they said it's not a dead deal yet. So, uh, you know, those negotiations could certainly continue, but I think, you know, that the chance of a real comprehensive answer on no-fault auto insurance has, has passed. Yeah, there are three bills, I think, that look like are dead uh, that have been considered. One is uh, union uh, decertification of votes uh, every two years mandated. Mm -hmm. um, 
it looks like that's not going to pass. Another one um, would try to ban marriages in the state under the age of 18. It's now 16. Um, and also, there is a package of bills designed to take 17-year-olds out of the criminal justice system with adults and uh, move that to 18 and below altogether. Mm-hmm. It looks like that is dead, too. Uh, is that your understanding, or is there any chance for any of those? Yeah, no, the House has made clear, that's the, it's commonly known as the raise the age legislation. House has made clear they're not going to take that up this year. Um, so that is dead. Uh, you're right, union decertification is dead. Also another big one in the Senate, um, uh, uh, like union decertification was proposed by Erlen Mikoff to uh, uh, really <laughs> overhaul the recreational marijuana law that was recently approved by voters. That was always a very long shot because amending a, uh, a voter-approved measure would have taken a two-thirds supermajority. Uh, but Mikoff, you know, uh, declared defeat or acknowledged defeat anyways on that uh, this week on Thursday evening. So um, those are some big ones uh, that, have, uh, that have died. The union decertification was always going to be a tough haul, too, because uh, even if it could have gotten through the Senate, which it's not going to, uh, the margins are, are much closer in the House. And that was a, a, a major fork in the eye for unions. Um, similar to, you know, not, not on the same scale, but, uh, you know, a pretty direct attack on unions, much like we saw in 2012. Um, that was just going to be a very, a very tough lift. Uh, it was something Mikoff, uh, introduced, um, to sort of, uh, you know, it's something he supports and wants to do. And just like the marijuana overhaul, uh, he was putting it on the table saying, here's what I'd like to try. Uh, but he, he said both of those issues are dead for the year. What about uh, proposals two and three on the ballot? Uh, two is a constitutional amendment. That's the uh, voters, not politicians, uh, redistricting bill. And then the proposal three was promote the vote and the efforts of the legislature to uh, try to pass complementary or <laughs> supplemental legislation that would affect that or getting around the requirement for, let's say, a three-quarters uh, you know, majority to overturn something uh, or amend something that's passed by the voters. What? Where are those bills? Have they, uh, you know, gotten all the way through? Or are they on their way to the governor? What's going on? I believe those have both each each passed one chamber, um, and I expect they're they're going to keep moving. Um, you know, neither of these, as you mentioned, are. Uh, direct amendments to the proposals, so they uh, don't require that supermajority vote. Uh, but they, they, they're controversial simply because they're writing any kind of rules around them. Now, there is there was actually a lawsuit filed already yesterday in the Court of Claims um, by just some activists trying to stop the legislature from doing this. Um, I don't think that necessarily will uh, stop those bills from reaching the governor's desk, but there will be litigation over those. I mean, the, uh, the uh, groups have already made clear they don't think uh, that um, the legislature should be doing this. And in the case of the voters, not politicians proposal, proposal two, they've actually testified that there's language in the proposal itself saying it's self-executing, uh, meaning that even writing rules around it, they argue, is unconstitutional uh, without that supermajority vote. So I imagine that's going to be litigated, litigate, litigated at some point, uh, but I don't think that'll stop the effort in the, effort in the legislature. Jonathan Osting, let me ask you about Pet Shop. 
legislation. Now that (laughs) a lot of people can't believe in the middle of all this stuff, uh, they're actually doing something there. What, what is going on there? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a pretty um, interesting issue. This, I, I think this sort of falls into a large group of bills uh, that, uh, you know, would, would basically usurp local control. So the Senate last night approved uh, legislation uh, already approved by the House, but I believe it still has to go back there for concurrence, that would basically prohibit uh, local governments from stopping, uh, from putting new rules on to pet shops. The The idea was that local governments were concerned specifically about puppy mills and were going to try and crack down on pet shops that were getting their uh, pets they sell from, uh, from, you know, sort of uh, dubious sources. Uh, The legislature um, looks like they're going to take away the ability of local governments to do that um, by passing, you know, a blanket state exemption. Uh, that would uh, require, you know, give give the state only the authority to uh, respond to uh, animal sickness complaints uh, at pet shops and, and so on. So it's, um, you know, it's, a, it's an issue that is surprising. You know, it's not necessarily on the top of everybody's list, um, but it's, it's happening. Well, it's kind of confusing because uh, I think the uh, bill actually claims that the state is outlawing puppy mills, but you know, the locals uh, seem to be insisting, you know, we can uh, stop it easier than the state could, but the state won't let us. I mean, what is going on there? It's got a very partisan vote. I mean, Republicans are basically for this bill, uh, giving the state total control and Democrats are voting no saying the locals ought to be able to do this on their own. Sure. Well, I think, you know, this is consistent with stuff we've seen in the legislature in recent years, the Republican majority, um, basically, you know, going to bat for businesses. So, you know, the, the pet smarts of the world, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, um, these pet shops are, are chains and so on, um, saying, you know, what's best is one consistent blanket policy for the state. Um, if we've got, you know, large pet shops, who operate in this state and they have to comply with different rules in different parts of the state, that could be a huge headache. They, they often complain about a patchwork of regulations. You know, we've seen this, too, with uh, plastic bag uh, regulations last year. Of course, Ann Arbor was trying to tax plastic bags to, to curb their use and cut down on, uh, you know, environmental damage. Uh, so this is, this is nothing new for Lansing, just a new issue. Boy, you know, we could go on and on, Jonathan. We could talk about this for two or three hours. Uh, But you've been a great guest, giving people a real insight into what's going on in the Capitol in this turbulent lame duck session of the Michigan legislature. Thank you very much, Jonathan Osting, Detroit News Bureau Chief in the Capitol Bureau. Thank you. You're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger on MTN. Here's Bill. We have another great guest. He's Paul Egan. He is a veteran reporter for the Detroit Free Press uh, with the Capitol Bureau of the Detroit Free Press. Paul Egan, welcome to The Political Insider. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. uh, Our pleasure. Uh, Let me just ask you this. With all these bills, that are being considered by this lame duck legislature. And by the way, have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, I don't know how many lame duck sessions you've covered over the years, and some lame ducks are different from others for various reasons. Uh, Have you seen anything like this? 
I think in terms of the number of bills that are moving and, and, and perhaps even contentious bills, probably not. I still think until we get completely through this, it's a little hard to compare it to to. Um, you know, it's hard to put it in total perspective until we know exactly how this thing ends up. And 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 2012 still stands out in in many ways in terms of in terms of the the import of the of the bills that were that were passed during the lame duck session, and in some cases were not passed, but that were under consideration. Um, I, I still think, um, although the number of bills may not have been quite as high, it was it was it was pretty close and. It could still. I, there's still a question in my mind whether whether 2012 was a was a more um, significant lame duck session than this one. Right. 2012, of course, was known for the passage of uh, right to work. That was the big one. Uh, drew national attention. Um, but you know, they did some other things, like they immediately passed a new emergency manager law after the voters had just turned down the previous uh, emergency manager law that had been in effect uh, for a couple of years. And you're absolutely right. It all depends how much of all this stuff gets through to the governor. And then secondly, will the governor sign all this stuff? Uh, Is it actually going to become public acts? public law, uh, or may he veto some of it? And we don't know the answer to all that yet. One thing that was different, uh, between 2012 and this year, as you know, is, you know, 2012, we were in the middle of a Rick Snyder first term. So he was still going to be the governor beginning, uh, January, 2013, and the legislature was still going to be controlled by Republicans. But this time, uh, of course, we've got a whole new administration coming in that is Democratic. Uh, the attorney general is going to be a Democrat. Secretary of State's going to be a Democrat. This is all different from the situation right now where you've got Republicans in all those offices. So this is the last gasp for this legislature. So this is really a true lame duck, wouldn't you say? Right. And and that, um, you know, that really is important in terms of, you know, who is actually lame in each of these sessions and, and who isn't. And, and, you know, sometimes it can be, it, 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 you know, just because it maybe isn't a true lame duck session, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that a lot of really important and controversial things don't happen. I mean, you know, even if you look to the 2014 lame duck session, you know, Governor Rick Snyder was arguably at the height of his of his power i mean he's never been one who really wielded a lot of you know excess influence over the legislature the way some governors have but you know he just won re-election there were actually talks of him possibly being a presidential candidate it was just before the uh, you know it was uh, months before the the news of the uh, flint water crisis emerged to uh, you know to really stain his legacy and and uh, you know think about what happened in that 2014 lane duck he actually got the legislature to approve sending to the voters, you know, a massive, you know, not as big as he wanted to, but a a pretty massive um, road funding plan that uh, that the voters ultimately um, uh, resoundingly rejected. And and there was a lot of... um, there was a lot of um, late late nights and and horse trading and uh, um, uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of really 
interesting activity went on around that session. Yeah, let me ask you, at this point, with all these bills and all these roll calls that legislators have taken in this lame duck session this year, and I think this, by the way, is the new record for sheer number of roll calls taken, uh, regardless of which bills actually finally get through uh, to the governor's desk. Um, the My question at this point is, are you cognizant of how many of these controversial bills have actually gotten to the governor at this point? I mean, you've got the line five under the Straits of Mackinac, but what else? Well, the, um, the, the sick time and the minimum wage uh, bills have gotten to him. And those, you know, those, it, it, it kind of, um, it's a little bit reminiscent of 2012, where you have, you know, the voters had rejected this, as he mentioned, this emergency manager law, and the legislature comes right back and, and, and passes a replacement, and, and the governor signs it. And, you know, here's a case where, uh, you know, citizens gathered the signatures to, to bring these uh bring these laws forward the legislature adopted the laws with the uh, you know with the full intent of coming back during lame duck and watering them down and so you know that's a very controversial one that's now on the governor's desk there's also a bill that's been sent to him uh, related to um, uh, uh, you know uh, restricting abortion rights in terms of um, um, this is telemedicine. Uh, telemedicine. Correct. Yeah, that that one's also gotten to Snyder, um, and you mentioned uh, you meant, mentioned Enbridge Line Five. I think those, I think those are the the big controversial ones that have gotten through the whole process so far. So all the others are still uh, languishing. I'm going to say languishing, but they're in one chamber, not having passed yet. After maybe passing the first chamber. And, That's correct. Bill. And whether yep. it's House to Senate or Senate to House. Let me ask you about a couple of bills. For instance, uh, this uh, school um, rating system, school building rating system, A through F system that passed the House, very controversial, passed on a partisan vote uh, with a bare minimum of votes. Uh, do you think that thing's going to get all the way through in the Senate, or what do you think? I think it's got a reasonable chance. It has been watered down in a couple of ways. Um, one, as I understand it, the A to F grading will be more limited than than under the original proposal. And two, um, the original proposal included a um, uh, a type of. Uh, education commission that uh, at least arguably would uh, would have infringed on the uh, the powers under the constitution of the state board of education and that was extremely controversial it's been dropped from that main uh, a to f bill although it's still as far as i know it still exists in a couple of other bills that have passed the house uh, um, so that remains to be seen but 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 yes the uh, it's a it's a priority of of Governor Snyder, and it's pretty popular. This ADAF voting with uh, with most Republican lawmakers, and also given the fact that it has been weakened somewhat, um, its prospects seem reasonably good. What about the legislation uh, that has been very controversial from the very beginning to give the legislative branch of government? Uh, the legislature itself, the power to intervene in litigation that ordinarily would be handled by the attorney general if the legislature, let's say, doesn't like 
uh, what the attorney general's doing. Either the attorney general is not defending a law they've passed, or maybe the attorney general's taking action against something the legislature has done. For instance, like line five under the Straits of Mackinac, Dana Nessel, incoming attorney general's already said she doesn't like this. Um, is that legislation going to get through, do you think, to the governor? It also seems like it has a pretty good chance, and it also, too, Bill, has been has been watered down a little bit since its original form. Um, originally, uh, it would give the legislature the, the right to intervene in any action involving the state. Um, that's been restricted somewhat to, um, you know, questions about whether the bill is constitutional and, and some other um, some other. Um, grounds that they could intervene. So it's been limited a little bit. Um, you know, that's one where the big questions whether A, Governor, Governor Snyder will sign it, and two, or B, I should say, uh, whether it really is constitutional and would withstand a, a legal challenge because um, arguably it, um, it, um, it infringes on the executive powers uh, exercised by the attorney general. Okay, we got to take a break here, but we're going to be back in just a few seconds with our special guest, Paul Egan, Detroit Free Press, veteran reporter in the state capitol. This is MTN, and you're listening to The Political Insider with Bill Ballinger. Here's Bill. We are back with our special guest, Paul Egan, a veteran Detroit Free Press state capitol reporter who has been ogling the shenanigans or activity, shall we say, a more neutral term, of the Michigan legislature in this, uh, I think, historic lame duck session, really kind of an incredible period of time. And it looks like, what do you think, Paul, uh, next week, is that for sure going to be their last week, do you think? And how long do you think they'll be in session next week? Their their last week, and and I think it's likely to go uh, probably right through to Thursday. And yes, next week's going to be really um, interesting because a lot of this stuff really, in my experience, a lot of the most controversial actions and a lot of the uh, final touches, which can include, you know, substitute bills that uh, that we've never seen before that are substituted at the last moment and uh, sometimes passed not only without any committee consideration, but, but um, you know, virtually without even some of the lawmakers having had a chance to, uh, to really review and read them. A lot of that often happens on the last night of lame duck, um, sometimes 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, this is when some of these zombie bills or vehicle bills surface <laughs> that uh, allow lawmakers to, uh, you know, substitute in something that, that's, that's in a position that it can be passed without, without violating the rules about five days and everything like that. And they can be, you know, they can be whipped through um, very quickly. The other thing that's really interesting about next week is the supplemental appropriation bill is still to be considered. And, uh, um, you know, there is uh, some significant money that's um, 
that's available from higher than anticipated tax revenues and some other sources. And, you know, I'm hearing from some sources that, uh, you know, there are concerns that this uh, this whole session after after everything else that happens may be capped off with a, a kind of a last minute uh, spending orgy, which would also be interesting. Uh, how much money? What are we talking about? Three hundred and fifty million dollars? What is it? And and secondly, what what are some of the things that money might be spent on? For instance, well, Bill, the um, the governor's supplemental appropriation is is three hundred and seventy one million dollars, um, and you know he's talking about. Um, Putting a significant amount into roads, um, the Sioux locks I think are down for about fifty-two million dollars. Money to fight PFAS. He wants to put some more money into the uh, the budget stabilization fund, known as the Rainy Day Fund. Um, money to hire a whole bunch more child protective services workers. After an auditor general's report uh, basically castigated the state for the way they're handling that. Um, so, so there's that chunk of money, but you know, um, uh, lawmakers learned just in the last week that um, they got a report about uh, what they call lapsed funds, uh, money that uh, agencies had that they didn't spend in the 2018 fiscal year, and that's going to be about another 99 million dollars that's available if they want. And you know, here you get. Um, I mean, you can get, uh, you know, a lot of this probably we don't know yet. Some of the some of the spending plans that are being discussed, but uh, but they are talking about a, a wide range of spending. Uh, one of the things that's been talked about, and uh, this might be a little different because it's more of a, a capital expenditure, but um, you know, there's a push on for this large auditorium that um, that uh, is proposed uh, right. to be attached to the Capitol. They're calling you it know, the, Heritage Hall. Heritage Hall it would kind of replace their original idea of a visitor's center that would be more expensive. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, so there's that. And it's been scaled back a little bit from the original proposal. I mean, you also, um, you know, you really can't rule out the possibility of uh, of uh, another, another tax cut. I mean, there's been, um, I'm told by some senators that there certainly has been discussions about this, but nothing that's really got legs yet. You know, I think the, I think, um, you know, some of the Democratic fears are that, uh, that uh, you know, with the with the new governor coming in, that there might be a, a sort of an attempt to uh, empty the cookie jar, so to speak. But, you know, that does seem unlikely in the sense that um, uh, it seems unlikely that uh, Governor Snyder would would um, sign bills that, you know, that put the state in uh, any kind of um, precarious that's even not even go that far. He wants to leave the state, I think, in, in a very strong position with a huge uh, rainy day fund approaching a billion dollars. And I think I think he'd be very reluctant to sign anything that uh, you know that uh, significantly cut into the the money the state has on hand that it may need. Um, you know, if we were to head into a into an economic slowdown, which there are signs that we are doing. You know, Paul Egan, uh, uh, we talk about zombie bills and and, and shell bills uh, that into which uh, mysterious language might suddenly appear in one chamber or another and a quick vote taken. Uh, what about like auto insurance rate reform? One of the big issues of the last two to four years that has not been able to get through. Is there any chance that at the last minute they might actually try to do something on that? It's 
seems unlikely, but it's a it's a really interesting one that you can't rule out. You know, that's one of the that's one of the um, you know that's one of the things about it seems like there's a missed opportunity in some of these lame duck sessions. If you know if you know we all sort of know the the negative aspects of of lame duck that you know the bills get rushed through without uh, you know a chance for public input or consideration. But, you know, I guess arguably at least one of the advantages of this time is that is that lawmakers might be able to take uh, tough votes that, um, you know, that could be beneficial for the state without them having to, to worry about, about the next election. And, you know, there are issues like um, auto insurance and and you know road funding and other issues that kind of plague uh, Michigan for years that, um, that you know that nobody ever seems to get done and and this could arguably be an opportunity for for some of that to get done but there's certainly been no um, no indication in terms of um, you know any sort of public process so you know if anything like that is is going to surface it, it appears it is going to be uh, you know one of these sort of last minute uh, substitutes that uh, you know that um, is not really a very satisfactory way of uh, of uh, passing uh, important legislation. Yeah, let me ask you about uh, still another bill that we haven't discussed on this program at all, and that's low-level uh, radioactive waste diso- disposal site <clears throat> uh, proposed for Van Buren County. That's just southwest of Kalamazoo, west of Kalamazoo. Um, that actually passed the House, I think, this week, went over to the Senate. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, is, is that uh, that's pretty controversial, and, and what do you think is going to happen? Um, it's, it probably has a reasonably good chance of passing. You know, there's a number of, of, um, bills that, you know, that I think you could, you could, uh, lump that one into where, um, where there are strong environmental concerns about some of these bills. Um, you know, the, I think the argument on the other side is that, is that, you know, this may provide some, some form of, of better regulation and some state revenues as well. But, um, but um, you know, we have also bills that would, uh, you know, potentially significantly reduce the size of the state's wetlands that would, um, that would uh, prevent the state from having environmental regulations that are more strict than federal regulations. That's a bill that uh, Governor Snyder has actually vetoed previously. Um, and, and, you know, this is one of the really, uh, the whole, you know, the, one of the most interesting questions about lame duck is what from the Great bills, Lakes News uh, Center. Governor Snyder I'm will from veto the Great Lakes and which News. he will sign. And, and the whole, that whole environmental sphere, which I think includes this uh, low-level radioactive waste bill, is an area where um, I think um, at least some environmentalists have strong hopes that uh, Snyder may uh, bring out the veto pen on some of these. What about, uh, we haven't talked about this uh, before, and that's one of the most controversial bills, this campaign finance bill that would strip from the Secretary of State incoming Democrat uh, Jocelyn Benson the power to uh, regulate and police uh, campaign finance uh, and give it to a new bipartisan uh, commission appointed by the governor with recommendation of the membership from the two political parties. Where do you see that legislation going? 
Um, it probably has a, has a reasonably good chance of passing as well. But again, that's that's one of these ones that that is among the most controversial, and it it, it, it may well happen at the last uh, at the last minute. It was actually, you know, that's passed the Senate, and it was actually. Um, it was actually scheduled for a committee hearing in the House on Thursday morning, but as you as you know, uh, Bill, the the House had uh, sat all night Wednesday into about three thirty in the morning, and then they canceled not only their session on Thursday but all their committee meetings, so it it didn't get a hearing. But um, it's another bill that um, that could uh, potentially have some. Uh, some constitutional issues right listen paul egan we could keep going but (laughs) we're out of time i'm sorry to say but paul egan thank you so much paul egan from the detroit free press thank you thanks for having me bill